It's, it's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. It's Abdallah and Tyler Aki here on your Bears pre-pregame show. Tyler in for Chris Black, who has the day off. We're leading you into network coverage, our Network Bears pregame show with Sylvie, Lance Briggs, and Dion Miller, followed by the game right at noon with Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jason McKee. And then four hours of postgame coverage, the first two hours with Peggy and Yurko, which is always great. And then, of course, always great as well, the Two hours after that, local postgame show with Jeff Meller, Pat the Designer, and Jason McKee. They will take all of your phone calls after the game, win or lose. Call in if they win. Call in if they lose. I mean, more people are angry if they lose, obviously, yeah. and more reasons to call in uh, if they lose. But call in and be like, hey, you know what? Good job, guys. <laughs> or wish the guys a happy, yeah. uh, happy New Ring Year, in the new year as well. Ring in the New Year with them as they will be with you uh, for four hours after Bears and Falcons. 312-332-3776. We are reacting to the news from Ian Rappaport yesterday on NFL Game Day Live saying this about Matt Eberflus and his future with the team. I would be surprised as of right now if Matt Eberflus was not back for the Chicago Bears. They look much better. He has been calling the defense. That has been impressive. They won four out of the last six. Six out of the last 11 certainly seem to be heading in the right direction. I hear nothing but positive vibes from Chicago. The vibes are immaculate at Hallis Hall, according to Ian Rappaport. This Bears defense since week five, Tyler. First in total yards, first in passer rating, first in run defense, first in interceptions, and sixth in points per game allowed. If you go by the great, great DVOA, they are 16th in defense. They are a top for the half whole of the league for the whole season. Top half of the league defense for the Chicago Bears. The offense up to 23rd uh, right now, or a 22nd right now uh, for the Bears as well. But, you know, they obviously were crap in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a culmination of the entire season right now, and 16th in DVOA is not bad. You're a top half, top of, half. Top half of, the, of the league. With you, a bad start. Yeah, with a mm. hor- I mean, not just a bad start. I mean, it was a horrible start. You gave up 41 points to the Chiefs. You gave up 31 points to the Broncos, 27 to the Bucks, 38 to the Packers the first week of the season. I mean, they were really bad, those first four losses. And so the turnaround has been good for Matt Eberflus. And according to Ian Rappaport, these two games will still mean something. He did write mm-hmm. on NFL.com that these two last two games will have meaning, and you and I both agree that the McCaskies, and it's known, put more emphasis on the Packers' games. And so if it doesn't look like 38-20, to 20, that Matt Eberflus is more likely than not going to be back next year. I think, yeah, I mean, it kind of echoes everything that we've sort of heard throughout the week. I think Brad Biggs sort of alluded to it. Like, there's still things that can happen in these last two games, but... If you look at the way that things are trending right now, it probably trends towards he's coming back. And listen, if you close out the season eight and five, like that's that's a lot of positive momentum there. But at the same time, like this is a team that really like they've they will have if they do close out the final two games with wins, they will have taken a significant leap. They will have taken a big leap in terms of the division as well, going from 0-6 last year to 3-3 and this year. I think that is one of the more significant improvements that you can make as a team because you are going to play those teams twice a year for the foreseeable future. And I just look at everything else that's sort of kind of gone on 
along the way as well. Like I've never just felt super confident in the coach, even during this winning streak. Like, sure, the defense has been great, but are we giving Matt Eberflus a little too much credit for a lot of things that Ryan Poles has done, right? Like Ryan Poles went out and got you a pass rusher. Ryan Poles has made life pretty easy on Matt Eberflus when you look at the talent that's on that defense. Like you'd expect it to be a top half unit in all of football. When you look at the edge rusher that they got in Montez Sweat, when you look at the linebacking room, which has been fantastic pretty much all season long, when you look at the young, growing defensive backs, like Jalen Johnson's been fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Gordon, uh, Tyreek Stevenson's come on really nicely. And like, sure, Matt Eberflus deserves credit for coaching some of these guys up, specifically the younger guys, but Ryan Poles has put him in a pretty nice situation and I don't want to give too much credit to Matt Eberflus for playing, having a great defense with some really talented personnel on that defense, too. Yes, and I also do believe that it is tough for someone to convince me that Matt Eberflus should be back and you're going to draft a quarterback. Like, that to me is my biggest thing. I've been saying this for weeks now, that if you're going to draft a quarterback and you're going to use mm-hmm. that first overall pick or, or trade back to three, whatever. If you draft a quarterback in the first round and that, and you're moving on from Justin Fields, mm-hmm. then you should probably get a new head coach. Not probably, definitely. And but... that head coach should have experience in the NFL as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Whether you trade for Mike Tomlin, whether you uh, you know, back up the Brinks truck for Jim Harbaugh, who, if you have not heard, overnight uh, Adam Schefter had the news that Jim Harbaugh has hired a very high-profile agent that represents Sean Payton. He also represents Tom Brady, if you're looking for connections to the Raiders. And you had the great comparison Mm -hmm. that it's basically like a a Major League Baseball player um, hiring... What's Scott his face? Boris. Scott Boris. I almost said Drew Rosenhaus. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Scott Boris before free agency, right? Like, you don't make that move unless you're either looking to negotiate a yeah. much higher contract than the $125 million over 10 years that Michigan offered him, or you're looking to move to the NFL. And for those who don't know, Jim Harbaugh previously was unrepresented before yeah. that. I think he yes. had advisors or something like that, yes. but he was previously unrepresented in all these negotiations. He seems like a guy that you walk in, you shake his hand, you have a glass of milk, and he just signs a deal. <laughs> like He doesn't look like he's a, he's a meat and potatoes kind of mm-hmm. guy. He doesn't need someone else to do all that. He's just right. like, this is the amount of money I want. If not, all right, cool, we'll figure something out uh, but hiring an agent to gauge NFL interest and you know probably getting a contract of about 12 to 14 15 million dollars is I something guess it's probably closer to 20 Whew, that's a lot of money like um, what, what did Sean Payton sign for didn't Sean Payton sign for like five for a hundred that's a I think yeah. he signed a got he got about 20 man that's a lot of money for a head coach but yeah. again it's it he brings the experience he brings pedigree he's gone to a super bowl he's he's got the winning uh background he plays a style of football that i think would be good for the bears i think that even if matt eberflus has this locker room the players would be fine with making the change as long as it was jim harbaugh um but again i can still see the front office looking at the metrics and looking at all the the buy-in from the players and everything like that and saying we can still build with Matt Eberflus and get an offensive coordinator that will have a hand in picking the quarterback and drafting the quarterback and then developing that quarterback. And I think a lot of like the final two-week evaluation, a lot of it 
is also what is the coaching market going to look like yeah. too? Like, are there going to be a lot of names out there? Like, is Jim Harbaugh even going to put his name out there? If he goes out on top with Michigan, maybe he he exits. Maybe if he loses in on a tomorrow, like roll tide. By the way, thank you. Um, if he loses tomorrow, like maybe he wants to run it back. Who knows what the future even looks like at Michigan? Are they going to be eligible for a bowl and all that stuff? And like the coaching candidates. Are they going to be up to your standard as well? Like, or would you rather have a guy in Matt Eberflus who technically is no longer a, a first year head coach? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's done it for a couple of years at that point and maybe he's learning a little bit along the way as well. So you got, you got to weigh everything, right? Because you shouldn't fire Matt Eberflus if there are no good candidates out there. Like if Jim Harbaugh says, I'm not going to your team. If Dan Quinn says, I'm not going to your team. If all of these top guys are, are ruling themselves out, well, then firing Matt Eberflus may not be your your best option if you're just going to fire him to fire him yeah. without having a plan beyond that. And that's something that, I, based on what we've seen out of Kevin Warren in his previous jobs, he's not just going to make a firing decision just to make a firing decision. Mm-hmm. He's going to look through everything. He's a big-picture guy. He's not going to fire Matt Eberflus just to hire someone who's who's just a name out there. He's going to fire Matt Eberflus with the intent of improving the the coaching spot there. And there may not be coaching candidates that are appetizing to you or that are interested in you. So all of this stuff has to be taken into account when you're looking at the future of the coach. 312-332-3776. Let's go to Paul and Pilsen. What's up, Paul? Hey, gentlemen. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve to you both. Happy New Year. Thanks for taking the call. just wanted to call in kind of a lot of what you guys already said with Matt Eberflus. I think, in my opinion, and a lot of Chicago, he's not elite. Uh, if it all works out, he might be good, but he's never going to be the tier of Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, these guys that are going to be out there this year. I think, especially with a position where the salary cap, you know, signing a coach for $10 million plus isn't going to impact the salary cap. I think the Bears have to kind of make a move to try to be the best and not just average. Um, and this this year with the opportunities the team has, it's going to be a very attractive job. Um, I mean, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Just you know, I, I just think you can't pass up this opportunity to move on and get a elite-level coach. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the phone call. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you guys. I mean, it's going to be the most attractive job. Yeah. It is. Bill mm-hmm. Barnwell wrote it a while ago on ESPN.com. This is the most attractive job because yeah. of the cap space that they have that Ryan Poles has uh, you know, acquired because of moves made last year and getting rid of all this dead money. They've got a ton of cap space. They have two picks in the first round. It is most likely going to be the first overall pick is one of them, mm-hmm. and then another top 10 pick, which is your own. And it is the most attractive job yeah. for a head coach. Whether that coach wants to stick with Justin Fields right. or not, uh, whether he's forced to stick with Justin Fields or not, um, but it is by far going to be the most attractive right. job. It, like I think you brought up the, the salary cap, and, and some guys are going to get paid this offseason. Of like, hopefully yeah. Jalen Johnson gets a new deal. Um, eventually you're going to have to pay some of your young, other younger guys too. But you're, you're probably going to spend a little bit of money and capital – improving some spots on the offensive side of the ball. But you've got quarterback flexibility Mm -hmm. with a new coach. You can either draft a guy who would be taken with the first overall pick in all likelihood, or you bring back an option in Justin Fields, a developmental option, who right now isn't great, but he's also not terrible. And then you've also got a lot of pieces in place defensively. You've got plenty of draft picks over the next couple of years as well. 
And if you do get rid of Justin Fields, that's only going to mean more draft picks coming your way, too. So, yeah, it is the most attractive job. Mm -hmm. But there's always the lingering things of, are they going to pay the coach? Are they going to give you the personnel control that you want? All of that stuff has to play into, because it's a two-way street, right? Like, Jim Harbaugh doesn't have to take the Bears' job. He may look at L.A. and say, like, the thing in Jim Harbaugh's mind might be, I only care about how good is the quarterback. Yeah, and if that's the case, well, then your your decision's made up for you. You're going to Los Angeles to go mm-hmm. coach Justin Herbert. Like, mm-hmm. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, that or you can have your pick of, of the, the next first quarterback. overall quarterback. Yeah, yeah. of the next mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah. So I think it's right now. I think it's the um, it's the Bears one, Chargers two, just mm-hmm. based on personnel and because this defense is set. Right? Yeah, it's like in you're a gonna, very good spot. You're right going to have now. to replace Eddie Jackson. You're going to need another pass rusher. You probably need a three technique, but the draft and money will mm-hmm. cure that. Yeah. But otherwise, this defense is, I know I just named three of the like most important positions, <laughs> but we know that they can accomplish filling those positions because of the cap space and the draft capital that they have. Right. So I think that the Bears is one, the Chargers are two, but yeah, he could. He could either pick the unknown with a quarterback mm-hmm. that he wants, and maybe it's J.J. McCarthy, maybe it's not. Probably not, because J.J. McCarthy throws like five times a game. and Or it's the guy that he talks about all the time, and he, we know that Jim Harbaugh loves Justin Herbert. Yeah. it has it, That is no secret. James is in New Lenox. What's up, James? Hey, guys. Give me one second. Take out speaker. I'm sorry. No, oh, I appreciate um, that. I got a, a Bears comment and a draft comment if I could. I'll sure. try to be as quick as possible and then hang up and listen. So at the beginning of the year, from everyone I've listened to on the radio and let's just talk amongst my friends and myself, we all had the Bears win in between six and ten games. None of that talk, if we hit that threshold of between six and ten, had anything with like Eberflus or Fields being moved on from. Um, we looked at that as like what we would think would be an improvement. Now we've gotten to six wins, but we haven't necessarily got there the way everybody expected. Probably when the schedule came out, you know, there was a few games that, you know, you could say they threw away or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm cool bringing everybody back next year personally. And then if we do end up with one, you know, you got a team in Washington who's going to end up somewhere probably between three and five. They've already proven that they'll trade the house for a guy like RG3. So you could probably get a King's Ransom from them if you're sitting there at four. Maybe you get Fashanu. Harrison probably doesn't fall to you. But then the Bears pick will probably be somewhere between 8 and 12, I would assume. Mm-hmm. You could probably get one of the other receivers there, or maybe one of the defensive ends falls there. Um, and I'm, I'm a guy, there's quarterbacks coming out every year. Like, I think worst-case scenario is, you know, you keep Fields. He plays like crap, whatever. Williams becomes the next big thing. Or... You move on from Fields, you draft Williams, he's crap, and then two years from now, you might have been able to be in a position with your assets if you moved back to where you could have traded up for a guy like Arch Manning or somebody. Um, you just never know. I mean, it's it's a crapshoot, but with all those guys at the top, I mean, even if it's a coin flip between May and Williams, I don't think uh, Poles should be picking a quarterback just to get a few more years. Like, I want polls to do what's best for the Bears, and I think that's team building. So I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thanks. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think that you can be, like, even if they decide to move on from Justin Mm -hmm. Fields, my ideal situation is you trade. You still trade back. 
you don't take a quarterback number one. You trade back to three or four, and someone's going to want Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't like Caleb Williams. I, d- I just, I just okay. don't. I look. I think he's the. I think he's the best. <sighs> I think he might have the most talent, but there's so much around him that I just don't care for. That I don't want on this team. Like I feel like Drake May can be just as good. I've I'm been a very big Bo Nix supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can kind of be like Joe Burrow, where he's played it. You want someone with experience? Go with Bo Nix. Be like, oh, he's old. Yeah, so is Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He's old too. I think the the quarterback Older. age doesn't really matter that much coming no. out of college because if it works, you're going to have them till they're 37. So what's exactly. the difference between having them for 12 or th- versus 13 or 14 years? Exactly. So to me, you could trade back to three. You could get Bo Nix. You could get someone else if you want to, or, or uh, sorry, Jaden Daniels if you want mm-hmm. to. Um, and then you could still use your pick on Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors if he's there. Mm-hmm. And you can still, and then you can get a first round pick for next year. You can recoup your second pick that you traded for Montez Sweat. You could take an edge rusher there. You could do whatever you want to do. I'm still, tr- I'm still trading regardless of what they do because of the amount of, of franchises that are going to be in love with Caleb Williams, thinking he's the next, uh, thinking he's the next uh, Patrick Mahomes. When in odds are not in that favor. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a, a very tall ask there. I, I just look at it as if I, when you're picking a quarterback, I want to have control of the draft, and I want to be the one that kind of sets the tone and, and not live in this what-if world. I want to have control of. like you. There's so many factors that can come if you do trade down to three, and maybe you don't get your guy at mm-hmm. three because you traded down. So I would have no problem with them dra- keeping the pick number one overall. And to wh- another thing James was saying about kind of team construction and everything, like that stuff matters. Part of team construction, too, is managing a salary cap. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that right now, if you're the Bears, knowing all these other guys that you're going to have to pay soon. Reset. Reset that clock. Yep. It's it's the way that right no, now you have to too. go. Yeah, and I and the reason I say that, too, is because, and I think we're in agreement on this, is one of the guys that you pick top three as a quarterback, mm-hmm. if you trade back to three or four, their floor is probably what Fields is now. Like you'd hope, yeah. Yeah, you'd hope that their, their, their floor and what mm-hmm. we've seen them play in college is that their floor is what Fields is now. Mm-hmm. And then they can just be better from there. And if that's the case, you move on. It's a on. no-brainer. Yeah. yeah, you move on. The question is whether or not Matt Eberflus is going to be that guy. Is Justin Fields making this decision tougher for the Bears? You might be surprised to hear that next. The new home of the Chicago Bears. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdullah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Tyler Aki. Tyler's in for Chris Bleck today, leading you into your network pregame show, your Bears pregame show with Sylvie, Lance Briggs, and Dion Miller as they take you into the Bears and Falcons at noon today, right here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Chicago. We've been talking a lot about Matt Eberflus coming back, but is Justin Fields going to be back? This also came out yesterday. Jeremy Fowler was on Sports Center talking about the Bears and Justin Fields' future with the team. Huge two games for Justin Fields. No way around it because they have the number one pick, at least slated to get the number one pick via Carolina. 
Caleb Williams, all those other quarterbacks available. So many around the league believe Chicago will eventually draft one. But I was told that Fields has absolutely made Chicago's decision in the draft difficult by his playmaking and how he's done this year, helping Chicago go 6-5 and five over the last 11 games. Needs to improve fourth quarter passing. He struggled there all year. This could be a chance over the next two weeks to do that. So he's making the decision tough for the Bears. And that could mean a few things. That could mean that he has played well enough for them to just say, hey, we're going to trade the pick like we were talking about last segment and get a boatload of picks and draft you a wide receiver, shore up the offensive line a little more, uh, make this defense even better because we think we can win with you at least for the next two years, next year being the fourth year and then picking up the fifth year option, right? Um, If you look at his numbers, his completion percentage has improved 0.5%. That's not 5%. He is at 60.4 last year and 60.9 this year. He should have more yards than he had last year. And this is also with less games. He's going to play about two less games than he played last year because of the injury. He should have more touchdowns if he scores at least three in the next two games through the air. He'll have more touchdowns than last year and hopefully less interceptions. He's at nine right now. He had 11 last year. The improvement, I think if you, okay, the improvement, I don't think numerically and statistically Mm -hmm. has been there as much as what we see his improvement. I think that since the injury, he's been getting the ball out faster. I think that he still struggles with it at times. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's been taking less sacks than he has because the sack numbers are down. He took 55 last year. He's only going to take 36 this year. I mean, he'll probably get sacked a couple times in the next few games. So we'll say, let's say he gets to 40. That's 15 less sacks, right? Right. Um, I just think he looks better. He's making those quick throws when he needs to. He still struggles at time with that, though. Like, for everything he does well, there's a Right? Like, he's still making the quick throws like we talked about Cole Komet at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show. Cole Komet's been that guy on short yardage situation, third downs, you need it, he's there. Because Justin Fields is getting him the ball. I think we've seen some of the throws to DJ Moore have been great. That yeah. outside throw to Darnell Mooney, it's like his Darnell Mooney's only highlight this year. Yeah. He's out today with a concussion, by the way. Great throw, right? Great throw, but also very well could have been a pick six, of too. Course. Like, there's a lot of these... PFF charts him as turnover worthy plays and like you find where he is in turnover worthy play rate right now he's 26th out of 38 quarterbacks yeah so like he's playing with a lot of fire and some of that fire has gone his way now you can also look at like the Hail Marys from the the Browns game right those aren't two real interceptions they didn't hurt your team one bit I don't I don't count those no but I am going to put a little stock in the to the plays that maybe should have been turnovers that luck maybe found your way that that of time course. around and like he's in a class right now in, in, from a turnover worthy play rate with sam howell brock purdy ryan Tannehill, geno smith trevor lawrence will levis jake browning like he's in that realm yeah, you said trevor lawrence though. I, I did yeah, yeah trevor lawrence is pretty good yeah and like brock purdy's played at an mvp level for a bulk of the season here but it just kind of shows like there and like we see how it goes sometimes right like mm-hmm. brock purdy threw four interceptions yeah sometimes oh, yeah. the turnover luck doesn't go your way my biggest thing and my biggest issue right now with Justin Fields has been these fourth quarters. Yeah. You've had – it hasn't been like, ah, uh, you've kind of gotten the short end of the stick. Like, ah, uh, you're getting uh, a minute 10 to go lead a game-winning drive instead of the full two minutes. Oh, you're only getting 50 seconds. No. You've had some pretty cookie-cutter two-minute 
and four-minute situations that you have flat-out failed in. Yeah, absolutely. Three and outs, turnovers, all that stuff. And some of these fourth-quarter things, like his numbers, the, the passer rating, way down. The interceptions are uh, like That's where he throws the most interceptions. 16 mm-hmm. of his 30 career interceptions have come in the fourth quarter. Like, And that's where a lot of games are won in the NFL. Like We talk about one-score win uh victor win loss record yeah. and the variance how like the vikings can go from being amazing at it one year to not as good the next year or regress to the mean but a lot of that comes down to what does your quarterback do in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and you're not going to have that positive regression if your quarterback doesn't have a track record of playing well in the fourth quarter absolutely and i think that you know with my rule with him it was the rule of fives i wanted to see that completion percentage come up five percent it hasn't i wanted five more touchdowns we'll see i doubt it right he's mm-hmm. playing a Decent defense, not a great defense at all. Well, and look outside. Like, yeah. are we going to be throwing a lot of footballs today? No, it's this is this. It's snowing. We look like we are in a snow globe here uh, on the State Street Studios right here in ESPN Chicago. It does not look <laughs> good. A guy just ran through us, ran by. He's running in this. It should clear up by game time. It okay. should. So hopefully that leads to no turnovers and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you can tell, but based on the last three minutes of conversation, we take football here extremely seriously, probably more serious than anybody else. And one guy that takes football more serious than we do is Chauncey. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Abdul. Chauncey's Great Outdoors every Saturday morning. Make sure, make sure you you tune in. I'm usually listening to it in the summer on the way to golf very early in the morning. But Chauncey, 2-0 and last week after questioning my record of his picks the week before. I Ooh. heard it, Chauncey. I heard it. You are 26 and 16 on the year. You were 2 and 2 2 weeks ago, just so you know. You were okay. two, you were 2 and 0 oh last week. I can do basic math. I did drop out of math school, but <laughs> to, to Paul. But I can do basic math. All right. Well, you you are a radio guy. So Well, that's true. 60s and 30s. That's really all we know. <laughs> So Chauncey, 2-0 and last week. We get started here with our picks. Your picks have been red hot. 26-16. and We'll start here on the lakefront, the Falcons and the Bears. The Falcons and the Bears. Let me tell you, my friend. Uh, Falcons are going to good, you know, good bird. They, if it's a passing game, the Falcons are going to kill them. But the Bears are going to do a lot more running. And because they're, because they're running, they're not going to drop the ball that much. Notice I said that much. And uh, I'm going to have to go with the Bears. All right. All right. Uh, We've got a battle of the birds out in Philly, Chauncey. The Cardinals take on the Eagles. Who wins? Uh, You know, it's going to be – I'm going to have to say Philly. Philly? Yeah. Why? (laughs) The Eagle is, you know, the – it's the Philadelphia Eagles are just, I just, you know, I feel that they're going to pull it off. Yeah, no, I agree with you. They're better. <laughs> so, yeah, Bears, just, yeah, they're better. Bears and Eagles so far. We've got, so we go from two birds to two cats, the Panthers and the Jaguars. Well, you know, the, the Pants and the Jags, this is an interesting one because, uh, you know, 
it's almost a, a dead even critter wise. They they really are. Jaguars got a little bit more uh, leap on them, a little bit more cunning. Uh, uh, Jag got a little more stamina. I'm going to have to go with the Jags on that one. All right, going with the Jags. We've got a uh, sea versus air battle with the Ravens and the Dolphins, Chance. Uh, Yeah. You know, I like the Baltimore, the Ravens, smarter than, you know, your average uh, big black bird that's out there. Let me put, let me clarify that big black bird. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen a raven. You've never wow, seen, like, really? never seen a raven, huh? They're like twice the size of a crow. Oh wow! Mm. Okay, you know where, where does one find ravens? Mostly uh, north, very far north, like uh, northern Minnesota, Upper Peninsula, going across the, to the Pacific Ocean. And ravens are can become so attached to somebody uh, that they will bring you gifts. I've read this. Like you can go, you can train a raven, right? Like they're they're a trainable bird. Oh, they're trainable, but I mean, even a wild bird will find something shiny. But because you fed them, they'll bring you a shiny little gift. Ooh, mm. I like that. You know, they're very smart. Dolphins. I mean, you know, come on. You know, these things you're talking. We've talked before on the air about how big bruisers they are. They they hit that ball with the tail. They're gonna you know throw a ninety nine yard pass. Uh, I mean, it's just there's massive amounts of strength in them. But the cunning's going to outdo it. So we're the going with the, the Ravens. The Ravens. All right, so we're going with the Ravens. So Bears, Eagles, Jags, and Ravens. If you want to put together a Chauncey parlay, he was two and zero last week. Chauncey, we appreciate it. Chauncey's great outdoors every Saturday at six a.m. Chauncey, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Chauncey! Happy New Year to you. I, I hope you had a great Christmas uh, when you were traveling in the uh, French uh, islands or something. Wherever yeah. you were out in the South Pacific, yeah. You know me, the French islands of the South Pacific. Yeah, you know, the French Polynesians. I mean, I, we, we, we got the reports of you. <laughs> Thanks, Chauncey. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man. Who was raised by the frozen tundra? It's time for Chauncey's picks with Black and Abdul. Chauncey brought to you by Mobile Warming by Fieldshear. Go to fieldshear.com, get all of your mobile warming needs. Today would be a great day for oh, you if you yeah. don't have it. I mean, they've got the uh, heated jackets, heated vests, heated gloves, pants. They've got dog jackets. If your dog gets cold in this weather, grab a jacket for your dog. They've got everything. Go to fieldshear.com, use promo code ESPN25 at checkout, and you get 25% off the entire website. So make sure you head there today. A big game today you're going to hear right here on ESPN Chicago coming up at noon. Two huge games tomorrow for the college football playoff. What Bears fans should be watching for? Tyler Aki, host, one of the hosts of Chicago's College Tailgate, and I will fill you in on what you should be looking for tomorrow coming up next. Chicago Bears pregame. Pre-game. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. We're about 23 minutes away from our Network Bears pregame show with Sylvie Lance Briggs and Dion Miller. And we're about two hours and 23 minutes away from Bears and Falcons. You can hear it here, right here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Chicago. Two other games you can hear right here on ESPN Chicago tomorrow. 
are the two college football playoff games. You've got Alabama and Michigan first at 4 o'clock, followed by Texas and Washington. Two very big games, obviously, uh, for college football, but also for the Bears and for Bears fans. There are multiple reasons why you should be watching these games. Get a look at prospects, maybe a head coach. Tyler Rocky hosts Chicago's College Tailgate along with Shay Norling. I heard you guys yesterday. Uh, I heard you guys give out Georgia as well. Shout out to, to <laughs> Georgia for just absolutely Maryland too. And Maryland. And yeah. Maryland. Two very good picks yesterday on the uh, Chicago's College Tailgate. But there are multiple reasons to watch these games. We'll start with the first one. Alabama and Michigan. You know where I am rooting for. I'm obviously rooting for Alabama. Roll Tide. I think they win the game. Uh, I think there's just too much going on with Michigan. Right now with Harbaugh, and they've got a bunch of injuries, and I think Alabama is playing their best football at the right time, and I think you give Saban. Saban is 6-1 and one in these first-round whatever games, right? And you give Saban a month to prepare for a team, yeah. I think he's going to outcoach Jim Harbaugh, and I think they're going to win the game. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to run out of Alabama. Michigan is. I think that Alabama's defense has been one of the best in the league the past few weeks or in, in college football the past few weeks. And I just think there's too much going in Alabama's favor. There's too many people picking Alabama right now, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of people picking Alabama. I, have, I will say, I thought early on there were a lot of people picking Alabama, but as we've gotten closer and closer and the game is like within reach now. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Michigan That's coming fine. in lately. Good, bring yeah. on the Michigan love. Mm-hmm. I want more Michigan love. I'm fine with that. But reasons to watch that first game, I think. Um, I don't think there's any quarterbacks. I don't think JJ McCarthy is a viable option for the no. Bears unless you stick with Justin Fields and maybe draft JJ McCarthy later in the draft. Um, You'd probably trade down too. Yeah, to get to to move uh, for. J.J. McCarthy, and maybe you develop him. He's your backup along with Bajan, and you see if Justin Fields doesn't work out, then you have an option. But I think for me, it starts with I think they need an edge rusher Mm -hmm. in that first round up pretty high if they don't take a quarterback. If you don't take a quarterback and you stick with Justin Fields, I think you should go edge rusher, wide receiver if you're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. And to me, that starts and ends with Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner has been absolutely lights out. I know he's played some linebacker. He's played a lot of edge. He's amazing. He is fourth in the country with 32 pressures. He's got eight sacks. He is amazing. At, at at his position, I think he's one of the he's the defensive he's the defense's best player uh, for Alabama. I think he's great, um, and he I, I, th- I think that's pretty much it from that from both those games from well, both those teams. So right, J.C. Latham, an offensive tackle for Bama. I don't think yeah. the Bears will go offensive tackle, but it, I wouldn't rule it out no. either. And if you um, want one late, I guess Chris Braswell's pretty good. On the edge, he was a backup last year. He's been in more of a starting role this year. Um, he's got six and a half sacks and twenty eight pressures. But I don't think that, like, if they're taking an edge rusher, it's going to be early. Yeah, but but like, let's be honest too. Like the when you're watching the college football playoff and championship, you're not watching a tackle. Right? No, you're, you're going to watch no, an no, edge no. rusher. You're going to watch receiver, quarterback, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe some defensive backs and and stuff like that, but. Yeah, in terms of like viable guys that the Bears would be interested in, I think Dallas Turner certainly fits that, especially if you win these last two games and you're trending more towards the 10 to 12 range in, mm-hmm. of draft picking for the upcoming draft. Um, then da- that's a spot where Dallas Turner probably could fall. And like he, if he puts on a really nice show, who knows? Maybe he elevates himself all the way up to into the top eight or seven. 
mm-hmm. in this draft. But if if maybe if Alabama loses tomorrow, then and there's not as that extra game for you to put on film there, maybe he does stick at around ten. I had this take before the Ian Rappaport news. Okay. And I said this when, right when the playoff was announced, right when everybody was yelling about Florida State, I yeah. was mm-hmm. I was in the back with a sign, roll tide, um, <laughs> but saying that if if you want the Bears to sign Jim Harbaugh yeah. as their head coach, you need to root for Alabama. Yes, because there's a new rule in the NFL that you can't talk to uh, assistant head co- assistant coaches and all this kind of stuff till later in the year so it's an even playing field for teams that and an even chance for coaches that go far in the playoffs right, right. Mm-hmm. so they evened it out a little bit so they moved the time where you can legally talk to coaches about accepting a job there's one coach out there that you can talk to whenever you want to, and his name is Jim Harbaugh, and right. you can talk to him as early as Monday night if you want to. Yeah. If they lose to Alabama on Monday night, you can pick up that phone and dial whatever area code uh, Ann Arbor is, and whatever his Calls cell phone is, now. call he's got his one. agent, he's got an agent, call his agent up and be like, how much does he want to come coach the Bears? Now we've got this Ian Rappaport report that he may be back, that Matt Eberflus might be back with the team, and it's trending in the direction. The vibes are certainly going in that direction that Eberflus is going to be back. But if the Bears wanted to, they could pick up the phone as early as tomorrow night and say, hey, sorry for your bad New Year, but (laughs) do you want to come and coach the Bears? And I think that it's been reported as well that that's one of his dream jobs it's one of jim harbaugh's dream jobs he wanted to coach at michigan because he's a michigan guy mm-hmm. and coached in the same chair as bo schembechler coached he would come here because he'd be sitting in the, the quote same chair as mike ditka was when he was playing for the Bears. so i think that that's something to keep an eye on as well that if this ian Rappaport report is wrong or if the bears change their mind they could pick up the phone and call jim harbaugh as soon as tomorrow night before yeah. the, before the as soon as it just just send the text message. Have it in the drafts. Mm-hmm. Have it ready. And as soon as that clock hits zero, if they lose, you hit send. And you yep. say, hey, call me up. What's up? Yep. Now and and that's like the – that is one of the factors that I think has to be taken into account over the next two weeks. Not only is it an evaluation process of who your coach is, but it's also an evaluation of what are the candidates and what does that field look like. Mm-hmm. Because if the candidates aren't good, then there's – there's not a like I would be fine with bringing Matt Eberflus back. It's not my top decision right now. It's not what I would want to do. But if there's no one better to replace him, Jim Harbaugh would be a better person to replace him. But if he's not interested in you, then all right, well, there's nothing really you can do on that front. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first game is pretty low scoring. Both defenses play really well. Yeah. Uh, Michigan's defense rates better, but they've played lesser competition. Alabama's played better competition. I feel like um, you know going into this college football playoff. So I think this is your stereotypical Big Ten smash mouth SEC type yeah. of football game. Mm-hmm. The next game is going to have some fireworks. Oh, yeah. Washington and Texas is going to be an absolute great game. I think it's very high scoring. You guys said it yesterday as well on Chicago's College Tailgate. I think there's a bunch of guys to watch on this team. We'll start with Washington first. Obviously, Michael Penix Jr., the injuries are very big for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had mounting injuries, not right now, but he's had a couple ACL surgeries. He's had, you know, the cracked ribs. He's had the injuries. The The issue of him is can he stay healthy or not? He continues to deliver in the clutch. 
He plays really well, and he throws to one of the best wide receivers in college football in Roma Dunze, that if the Bears use their own pick on a wide receiver, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, if Malik Neighbors is gone, Roma Dunze should be the guy that's left for them, you know, around 9, 10, 11, wherever the Bears end up. Yeah, and I talked about it yesterday with Shea. Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in this wide receiver class. But I think we would, if you chopped off the last two letters of his last name and it was just Marvin Harris, like, <laughs> we may be talking about Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors as being a little bit closer to him. He's still number one, mm-hmm. but we'd be talking about these other two guys. And Roma Dunze, is fan, like, he's my favorite receiver to watch in all of college football after Marvin Harrison Jr. He, like, he can do kind of everything. He reminds me a little bit of Keenan Allen. He can do everything for you. And that's a, a great compliment to have in the room alongside DJ Moore for whoever's quarterback for you next year because he can he can get the deep ball. I've seen some comps out there. I wouldn't go this far, but there have been some draft people who comp him like to Jamar Chase. Like he's that level of good. Perfect. Sign me up for that, man. Yeah. Like and, and obviously uh, Malik Neighbors is the other name you brought up there uh, as one of the other receivers. He's not going to be playing tomorrow cuz his team's not there, but like that pedigree is obviously very strong out of LSU. Yeah. With the Dunze, he's been Michael Penix Jr.'s like right-hand man the entire time. And really, there's a lot of NFL receivers on that team right now. Like, There's three guys that are going to be playing on Sunday in that receiver room right now, along with Jalen Polk and, and also Jalen McMillan. Like, There are dudes on that team, and that's oh, yeah. why it's going to be a high-flying team. They've also got the best offensive line in the country as well. So you could see some of those guys go in the first round, maybe even the second round, mm-hmm. too. And then Michael Penix is going to be one of those interesting draft quarterbacks, too, because you brought it up with Bo Nix about guys who have seen a lot of football. Michael Penix has also seen a lot of football. He was a Absolutely. starter at Indiana. Then he goes to Washington. So there's a lot to sort of look at on the Washington side of things. And then Texas, Quinn Ewers, we don't know if he's going to the NFL draft or not. If yeah. he goes to the championship game, though, I'd imagine you'll see him. And then the other little wrinkle here is if Quinn Ewers were to get hurt, Arch Manning is up on deck. The Bears can't draft him this year. No, they can't. But maybe down the road, yeah. they would have a chance to. I think Quinn Ewers, if, they, if, if, Al, if Texas wins it all, Quinn Ewers leaves. Yeah, I would um, guess so, too. And I think that he's another fringe guy that you could get later in the, in the draft, third yeah. round, something like that. But if like he that. plays well, maybe he works his way into the he top could. 20, maybe even top 10. We, we usually see it happens a lot now because of the extra year of control teams trading back into the first round mm-hmm. and trying to get a quarterback. Yeah, so with Lamar end. Jackson. Exactly. And you get the extra year of control. You get all that good stuff, you know. So I could see it, you know, for Penix or for J.J. McCarthy mm-hmm. or for Quinn Ewers, those guys. There's a couple deep guys here on, on the, you know, the defensive line for Texas. Devondre Sweat's a very good player for their defensive line. He's a late, he's like in the 40s on Matt Miller's uh, big mm-hmm. board now. So he's someone that you could see a little bit later. Um, but watch, you know, tomorrow's games, you can hear them right here on ESPN Chicago. Uh, they're going to be great games. I think you could, I think you pick the four best teams. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you pick the four best teams. Maybe not the four, maybe not. George was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but four out of the five best teams in the country made it to the college football playoff. We'll give you our picks and take the rest of your phone call. 312-332-3776. Coming up next. The new home of the Bears. It's the game day tailgate show. Blacking up down on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. If you're listening to us outside of Soldier Field as you're tailgating, head into Gate O 
you can see Sylvie, Lance Briggs, and Dion Miller. They start your Network Bears pregame show in about eight minutes from right now. Go say hi. Give Sylvie a beer bong. It can be water. It's fine. I know he's broadcasting. One for Charlie, too. One for Charlie. Lance can hold it. Dion can film it. So everybody's involved. It'll be great. No one's done it yet. It's the last home game of the season. Someone get a beer bong to Sylvie, please. Please. Hope you're enjoying your mimosas, your fireball, whatever. You're, whatever. I feel like this weather calls for some fireball. Oh, yeah. Uh, right now it's snowing. The tarp is off at Soldier Field. I know that. This weather should clear up. If you're heading to the game, if you're making way, if you're outside listening to us uh, at the tailgate right now, the snow should stop before the game starts here in about two hours. You can listen to the game right here on ESPN Chicago. We've been reacting to Ian Rappaport saying that it is more than likely that Matt Eberflus will be back next year. 312-332-3776. Chase is on the south side. What's up, Chase? Uh, What's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Say hi to Tyler. Tyler, happy New Year, man. Happy New Year, Chase. Sorry, Sorry, man. I didn't mean I see y'all like that. (laughs) Feeling Um, nice. No, the reason why I was calling, right? So, you remember, guys, remember uh, Abdallah Black was talking about something interesting about you know, about the Bears' record, you know, because the way it's trending, right, you know, it's trending where the Bears could finish, you know, possibly, you know, 7-10, and 8-9. And, you know, that was kind of the record that we all predicted, right, mm-hmm. like beginning of the season. And more if they win these games, you know what I'm saying, like I would say that, you know, given the fact of what's happened this season, I would say that's progress given them where this team came from from last season. You know, that's tremendous improvement. Now, I know I'm not a big Eberflus fan. I I really don't think he's a good head coach. But I also can't ignore the fact that this team has improved over the last two months. I mean, if you look at the games, I know people keep talking about, well, look at the wins and look who they beat. Well, I also can flip it and say, you know, looking at the Lions and seeing, look, the Lions almost beat the Cowboys, and if it wasn't, for a really egregious call, the Lions would have beaten the Cowboys in Dallas, which is Dallas is a very good team at home. And you look at the Cleveland Browns, the Bears were a Hail Mary away from beating the Browns and seeing what the Browns did to the teams. I mean, the Browns beat the Ravens. Look at how they beat bad the Texans and the, you know, the, uh, the, how they beat up the Jets really bad and seeing the Bears almost dominate them. That, that's, to me, that's encouragement to see, like, man, maybe we're not as far off that we thought we were, you know? Maybe this team is – maybe if they add a few more pieces and just keep adding, just keep plugging holes and just keep adding big-time playmakers to the team, maybe within a year or two this team can compete for for uh, for for division you know, title or something. You know, I'm just saying that, you know, I know I'm not big Iberfuss fan, like I said, but I also feel like this team is slowly trending towards building something really good. And if you fire the coach, now you got to bring in a whole new – because – what if the new coach want to bring it run on a three four? Now these players that you develop like Brisk or Gordon, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, T.J. Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, all these guys got to learn a whole new system, and that's just gonna set. It's just gonna set you things back, and then you draft a new quarterback, and he got to learn something new. It just, I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of torn on what I'm sort of torn. I'm in the middle. It's like a part of me kind of want to see them move, make a change. But another part of me is like, I don't know because I see progress and I would hate to start over again. Mm-hmm. That's just my whole opinion about this whole thing. All right. Thanks, Chase. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chase. All right. You two guys. Happy New Year. We go to Vic's on the north side. What's up, Vic? 
Yeah, if you keep Eberflus, you might as well go and get Matt Nagy as your offensive coordinator and really just bot- go bottoms up. Eberflus, you want to keep him, keep him as defensive coordinator, but not as head coach. He's proven to you, he's proven to you he's not a head coach. He's not head coach caliber in his NFL. Yet the Bears need offense. They need an offensive coordinator. They need an offensive-minded coach that's going to take them to the next level because they do have a lot of good pieces on that team. They are moving in the right direction. The other thing we don't know is Warren's coming in here. He may want to put his signature on this whole team and just clean the whole slate. He didn't draft any of these guys. He didn't pick any of these coaches. So he's going to start from scratch, get his number one quarterback with that number one pick. Maybe that's the direction they're going in and trade fields for draft choices. All right. Thanks, Vic. Appreciate it. Yeah, so people are torn. There's one guy that says fire everybody, one guy that says he can see the... <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, uh, like you can see both situations yeah. playing out just based on what's available. Absolutely. What could be next? Absolutely. If you look at this game right now, Tyler, the Bears are a two-and-a-half point favorite. The total is 38-and-a-half. Money coming in on the Falcons. Uh, this was a three, three-and-a-half point line earlier uh, this morning. Where are you going today? I'm going under, and I'm going the Bears to cover two-and-a-half. All right. I'm going to go, yeah, like 24-14. That would be under right there. That would be right there at the under. <laughs> right by and the chair. And the Bears would cover as the Falcons only score 13-and-a-half points per game. Coming up in two short minutes, your network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance Briggs, and Dion Miller. We will talk to you next year. Go Bears. ESPN Chicago. Chicago.